0: This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings engaging video and audio lectures presented by top professors and professionals on a wide variety of subjects to your fingertips. The Great Courses has a collection of lecture series geared towards professionals, including Scientific Secrets for a Powerful Memory, How Conversation Works, Art of Public Speaking, and Influence, Mastering Life's Most Powerful Skill. These series offer great tools and insights for anyone looking to improve their recall at work, hone their presentation skills, or become a better negotiator. And now, for a limited time, The Great Courses has a special offer for weekly standard listeners. Order any of these four business and presentation courses for just $9.95. This special price of $9.95 is available only for a limited time, so order today. Go to thegreatcourses.com/ws to find out more. That's com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Bill Kristol. And Bill, I was going to ask you, who had a worse week than Hillary Clinton? But uh, other than maybe Julius Caesar, who's ever had a worse week than Hillary Clinton? It's pretty
1: amazing, isn't it? I mean, apart from the fact that she's not a good candidate, and in any case, lead in the polls has been eroding over bernie sanders and other sort of heavyweight types are thinking of getting in it's being reported including the current vice president joe biden former vice president al gore um then it turns out she's under fbi investigation and a pretty serious investigation i think and, and not just a media story an actual now legal problem that confronts her
0: imagine you're a liberal democrat In you fall into a coma tragically in 1988, and you wake up today, (laughs) you've got to wonder what, whoa, whoa. Clinton, Biden, and Gore, what happened?
1: And Kerry and Sanders, yes, it really is. And indeed, Jim Webb, whom I rather like, but who's also uh, not a not a not a kid. And um, who else is running? Some other well, Uh, Link
0: Chafee, Link Chafee, yeah,
1: and Elizabeth Warren, who's the one kind of the great uh, hope, who's not running yet, who's uh, also on Social Security, so. It really is astonishing. And I do think, you know, look, it's somewhat fluky, of course. And of course, you know, Reagan was won at age 69, et cetera. But I do think it says something about the Democratic Party and about contemporary liberalism, which is the, if Obama turns out to have not been the wave of the future. He was sort of a, an aberration, almost, or a false kind of uh, indication of what the wave of the future might be, because there's not a lot following President Obama on the young side, on the, on the promising young side of the Democratic Party. And instead, the party's now uh, choosing among, you know, half a dozen. 65 to 73-year-olds. And it's the Republican Party that has the 43-year-olds and 49-year-olds and interesting young candidates. And I really think that, that, that means something. I've I got to say the more I've thought about that over the last few weeks, it really makes me think that uh, not only do Republicans have a good chance in 2016, I've always thought that, but that in a broader sense, the doom and gloom among conservatives is, is, is there a lot, there's a lot to worry about. But, but one good news is the, the younger generation of upcoming politicians and leaders uh, much more impressive on the Republican and conservative side than on the Democratic and liberal side.
0: Well, there's another piece of good news, Bill, and that is that Hillary Clinton is going to be the nominee and that she is a close to unwinnable general election candidate. And, you know, you and I have speculated about how strong a candidate is she really, etc. I think she has a stranglehold on the nomination because of the structures inside the party. And I think that we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg of awful. <laughs> Hillary's going to be like the Titanic dredged out of the water only to sink again. It's going to sink its way all the way to November of 2016.
1: From your lips to, to god's mouth but i i actually i'm less certain that she'll win the nomination and of course that's both a kind of a good news bad news thing the good news is the democrats may even the democrats may rebel against her the bad news is they may end up sort of accidentally with a stronger nominee though i've got to say uh, gore biden sanders uh, don't, don't really scare me. Actually, I think Elizabeth Warren, ironically, might be their strongest nominee, but uh, she doesn't. She to you
0: left out good. John Edwards. I can't wait to see John Edwards at the top of the ticket. You know,
1: why not? All the former <laughs> vice presidents and vice presidential <laughs> candidates should should show up. You know, an interesting question for Hillary. I do think is going to be, I mean, in terms of her being having a lock on the nomination. I think she has a probably wins the nomination if she continues to have the support of President Obama and his team i mean then if you've got the clinton team and the obama team it's just hard to overcome that if president obama throws his arm around joe biden says he's been a great vice president of course, I respect Hillary Clinton as well. But, you know, I really think voters should take a look and keep an open mind. And then if some Obama supporters support Joe Biden, I wonder if the whole Clinton thing doesn't crumble at that point. What's her base of support, really? I mean, are there really tens you know, millions of Democrats who just want to vote for Hillary Clinton in the primary? Maybe, you know, maybe we'll see. But, but I think
0: a lot of people are wondering about her, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, based on inevitability which was the I word. And now the new I word is indictability. And so my question for you is, do you honestly think that her, which I think it's, I think I'm pretty safe to say her clearly criminal or borderline criminal behavior from based on handling classified information. Do you really think that's going to end her as a candidate from a political standpoint or even from a judicial, you know, criminal justice process standpoint?
1: Well, that's the question. Will there be an, you know, an honest, impartial criminal justice investigation here? There was of David Petraeus that appears, and he was punished pretty severely for really what were kind of minor infractions. It was a little salacious because it was his mistress, but on the other hand, the actual data that he pled guilty to sharing with someone with whom he wasn't supposed to share classified data was was utterly unimportant and you know, sort of old records, I think, really of, of you know from three or four years ago of what had happened in Iraq. Um, what Hillary Clinton had put at risk using our own server that clearly wasn't secured in the way government uh, computers are supposed to be secured, and then passing on classified information apparently on that uh, through that server. I think of all the other rules and regulations about you know, not mixing personal and government uh, um, material and, and so forth. I mean, what she did, I think, just objectively is much more serious than what Petraeus did. Is the Justice Department going to take a look at that and say, well, no, no, nothing here? I, I Maybe, maybe.
0: I, I'm but sorry. Maybe I'm sorry. I, I have to interrupt. I have to call host of the podcast. <laughs> Nobody believes for a second that this openly corrupt Department of Justice that has repeatedly allowed... Openly criminal and questionable behavior from uh, fast and furious, which resulted in a dead border security agent to the IRS uh, attacking poor little nobodies trying to start, you know, uh, 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 Tea Party groups uh, to Benghazi. There is nobody believes for a second, Bill, that this Department of Justice will investigate Hillary Clinton in any meaningful way.
1: I think it's possible. Maybe I'm just a little naive here, but also <laughs> that assumes that this is the Department of Justice under its current leadership is terribly well disposed to Hillary Clinton. And I guess it's one thing to be protecting the Obama administration, now in protecting Hillary Clinton, they would be protecting the president in a way. She did what she did under his, you know, under he was right. president. On the other hand, I don't know. The real question would be, I think, a, is there the possibility of just an impartial investigation, and b, does the Obama White House, at the end of the day. Um, defend Hillary Clinton or throw her under the bus.
0: Oh, well, they certainly have their bus-throwing moved. If there were bus-throwing Olympic Games, the Obama White House would definitely be gold medalist. But isn't it interesting? Uh, Charles C.W. Cook over at National Review wrote a piece in which he was kind of saying, I can't believe that we're all sitting here and seriously arguing that the Department of Justice would allow a violation of national security to go unpunished. And I'm thinking, "Well, you, where have you been? Of course they will let it. President Obama has succeeded in politicizing every aspect of public life and as many aspects of private life as he can and Hillary Clinton is ultimately a creature of politics and so the politicians will work this out and there will never be a legal action against a a justice system action against her
1: you're probably right but maybe not certainly right and we will know in a year and it will be interesting Interesting to see. It is Nixonian, except it's maybe a little worse. Well, if it's worse or not than what Nixon did, probably is a little worse than what Nixon did. Actually, it would be interesting. It would be ironic if Hillary Clinton, who began her her public career her rise to fame as an investigator of Nixon ends up you know suffering a, a similar fate to President Nixon
0: you also have the difference in the media approach I mean there's the media still it seemed to me bill to be pretty invested in Hillary Clinton maybe even more so than some of the Democrats around her I saw the reporter who broke the story uh, about the classified material on the computer and then therefore forcing the hand over the heart of the of the server she said... And, and I'm almost quoting verbatim Hillary Clinton is not under investigation. her actions are, which is the most astonishing construct of ever. <laughs> Mr. Bundy. we believe that you are innocent, but your actions are guilty, so we'll be sending your actions to prison for the next twenty years i've I've never heard a story reported that way, and that's how hard they're working on behalf of Hillary
1: and Hillary's people work the media very well and mm-hmm. pushed, you know they kind of Push back ferociously at anything, and then the rest of the media get a little intimidated and don't want to get pushed back at, and so they say something like what you just quoted. On the other hand, and you and I have been around this a little bit in campaigns, the media is important, but the actual politicians on that side are important. The media was nice to President Obama, candidate Obama in 2007, but what really gave him the oomph to go over the top against Clinton was the Teddy Kennedys and the others who, took, who went out and endorsed Obama, I think, and made him, sort of gave him a certification. You didn't have to be for Clinton, and it was actually not just kind of a media phenomenon or even an Iowa voter phenomenon. It was a, you know, there was serious leadership of the party who was willing to say, no, Barack Obama should be the nominee, not Hillary Clinton. And I do think that's a question this time. Do serious Democrats, starting with Barack Obama, decide that they would prefer not to have Hillary Clinton as their standard bearer in 2016?
0: Well, we can't finish up a podcast without letting you declare peak Trump has been achieved yet again. So can we uh, do that now, Bill?
1: Yeah, we're at peak Trump. Three different (laughs) polls have been going down a little bit this week. One I noticed had not ticking up three points. I think he's plateaued so what's maybe let's call it plateau Trump right okay. now, um, and look, I still think for all that I don't think he should be the nominee, will be the nominee. I'm annoyed by some things he said. The the Republican establishment remains kind of idiotic in just to, you know wringing their hands about him or attacking him, and not learning from him. And I I just. I uh, saw so someone out here, a Republican, kind of a typical, I would say, Republican primary voter, a uh, nice person. Uh, she's inclined to be for Trump now, not because she thinks Trump should be or will be president or the nominee. She doesn't want Trump to be the nominee, but she wants to send a message to the establishment. And I, I wish more of the other candidates showed that they were in receive mode on this message. I don't see why that would be that hard for them to do. And they're sort of weirdly oblivious almost to what's happening with, to the meaning of the Trump phenomenon.
0: You know, capitalists are good at this. They spot, you know, some little startup business that's found a niche and then they rush in and you know, jump in and seize the niche and so all of the startup stuff all ends up on either Apple or Coca-Cola or whatever. You've got these seasoned politicians. Watch this guy, guys; clearly got the. You can see right where to go. Grab immigration. Talk about it from a justice standpoint for working Americans and low-income families struggling for jobs. Talk about it from a from a standpoint of fairness before the law, and and show that it anger. You know that you you get why people are mad about it. And you're right, Bill. <laughs> these kind of slow-moving polar bear political polar bears walking along, lope dope a dope, saying, "Well, I wish that guy would stop running around. And showed us how to do this."
1: It is amazing, isn't it, Michael? And what if one of them literally said the following this week? I mean, it just said something like you know what, we're going to call things as we see them, we're going to have the rule of law, um, that we're going to have equality under the law, but we're not going to be governed by political correctness in my administration. Here's one or two things the Obama administration has done that we're just not going to do because they're wrong and, and it's just uh, it's, it's damaging to the country. I mean, it's just saying the words political correctness, right. and saying that you're not going to be bowing to it, I think would right away get, you know, if it got publicized enough, a quarter of the Trump voters <laughs> over to whoever that was. I think Ted Cruz is trying to do this in a way He's, in a way, the most easily positioned to do it, because he's the most conservative of the possible major candidates. Uh, um, if he could do it plausibly, incredibly uh, he could get himself a little more into the first tier that he's been. But Walker, Rubio, the sort of mainstream conservative candidates, if, if you want to call them that, it's a big opportunity for them. And, they, you know, they're doing other things pretty well. But I've got to say, I do think they've just missed the ball so far on this.
0: And then to finish up, you the the new polls show that the non-politician politicians are kind of crowding at the top, particularly in Iowa. I mean, watching seeing that Walker is losing to Fiorini in Iowa is pretty amazing, at least Fiorina in the latest poll is there something that a Carly or a Dr. Ben Carson could do to uh, you know, kind of turn this upside down? How could they show that they can handle the actual job of being the president in a way to make uh, co- voters more comfortable to say, you know what, I am willing to take a chance on someone who hasn't been there before. And here's what they've shown me that I know I'm not taking a ridiculous chance. It's not going to be amateur hour like we kind of had with President Obama.
1: You know, I think it's exactly the right question. I've been thinking about that myself. I mean, the the first step is to say uh, Trump, Fiorina, and Carson, I think this is right, are uh, in one poll recently, saw are getting 42% of the vote in Iowa. I mean, there are three people who have never held elective office. Another question is which one is. So, the first one's first instinct, in a way, is well, that ultimately goes away and it gets distributed among the candidates who have been elected to something because since Eisenhower, we've never nominated anyone who hasn't previously held an elective office a a senator or governor or vice president. And and so, one assumes that one of those three will not be the nominee. The second step of thinking is you know what? Maybe one of them could want to be the nominee. I don't think it could be Trump for, I think, pretty obvious reasons. I I like Ben Carson very much, and I think a lot of Republican primary voters do. But it's just very hard to make that leap from being a great neurosurgeon
0: who
1: ran, I think, one department at a medical school or at a hospital to being president of the United States. I do think Carly Fiorina has is, is the one who it still would be a very long shot could make that leap. I mean, running a big corporation is a little more analogous to running the government, running the White House, uh, and her performance has just been excellent uh, on the stuff. but excellent in a way that doesn't disqualify you, as I think Trumps probably does ultimately, from actually being a credible nominee and a victorious nominee of the party. So, yeah, I think Carly Fiorina, it would still be a very, you know, kind of an amazing thing in a long shot if she could pull it off, but I think the odds of her being the nominee are, you know, they're not uh, 25%, but they're not zero or right. 1% anymore either.
0: And I think the comparison of her and Dr. Carson is very key. He clearly is uncomfortable sometimes with the questions he's getting. It's clearly out of his wheelhouse. He's having to reach. You see him struggling. Carla Fiorina, I've yet to see her struggle on a single question. And I think that's the layer, the level you have to stay at to be an outsider who's going to say, let me step in to this job. And so I, I don't, can you maintain that level of of uh, you know of, of being on your game for 16 months, I don't know, but wow, so far it's incredibly impressive.
1: No, I think that's exactly right. because that debate a week ago, you know, she she didn't just hold her own, right? By comparison with Rubio or Walker or Bush, uh, she argued, I mean, she was on the same stage, she was in the earlier debate, but she arguably did better. And now that she'll have to keep doing that, because there'll be, in a way, a higher standard of evidence, a higher bar for mm-hmm. her to, 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 to have to hurdle. But um, no, it was, it's was it been, she's, she's really, she's had a great couple of months, and Hillary Clinton's had a poor couple of months. It would be unbelievable if 2016 does turn out to be the year. Exactly. Party, one of the major parties nominates a woman for president, but it's the Republicans with Fiorina, not the Democrats with Clinton.
0: I, 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 I fear of even saying this, but we've seen so many more crazy things. The idea of Joe Biden having to run against a woman. In 2016 and trying to make the case from all the people saying it's time for a woman to somehow completely 180 their arguments to get behind Joe Biden, which, of course, they would do because it's partisanship uber alles. But it would just it would be I I, have ordered extra popcorn for this political season, Bill, because it's going to be great theater all the way through.
1: It's going to be fantastic, I think.
0: And we're keeping an eye on it for you on the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.